Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome to another week. Today is December 7th, and thank you for sticking with me. I know we took a short break for the holiday, but we are back in action, and I think we have a a really good episode today that we talk about something that's very relevant to the current time uh, period that we're in, and that is the holiday season. So uh, when I say the holiday season, I'm talking about um, starting with Cyber Monday and going through Christmas and perhaps through New Year's as well, uh, this is a time where we see a very high spike in cyber attacks. And basically what I'm going to do in this episode is tell you where those cyber attacks are stemming from, what you can do to protect yourself against them, and if you should change anything about your current day-to-day actions to prevent them from happening in the first place. And we're also going to briefly touch on whether or not it's safe for you to store your credit card information or your shipping address on these websites that everyone's shopping on for not only the holidays, but year round. So with that all being said, let's get right into it. Today's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, um, but I think we have some great content here and I'm looking forward to it. So just to open the episode, open the series, we're still pretty early on in the series, Uh, I just want to introduce Pardon My Tech. Pardon My Tech is a technology-based podcast where I, Jack Wydra, try to use my background as a software engineer to explain some technical concepts in a non-technical way. So from phishing to the cloud to robots, we're going to go through it all. We're going to explain it in ways that everyone can understand so everyone can enjoy the heavy digital era that we're diving into. Um, So thank you for all the new listeners who are here. And thank you to all the returning listeners who have stuck with this and are excited about the podcast. So with that all being said, my name is Jack Wydra and welcome to Pardon My Tech. introduction out of the way let's dive right into it and uh, talk about the holiday season so as i said before holiday season is almost i think it is the peak of the year for cyber attacks to happen and this window usually um, starts on cyber monday and it goes through new year's and the reason or well let's first get into some statistics so Holiday season in 2016 saw a 20.5% surge in attempted cyber attacks. And by 2017, that number was already up to 57.5. So that tells me that that data is a little outdated, but uh, that tells me that nowadays that number is much, much higher. And we should be exponentially careful of our actions around this time. And Let me talk about a little bit of why this is happening. You know, why is the surge just in this time? Is it because, you know, cyber attackers are getting in the Christmas spirit and they just want a little for themselves? No, not really. It's it's really because uh, during the holiday season, we find ourselves being a little more vulnerable to attacks. And uh, that just opens uh, opens our door to attackers getting to us. So, for example, uh, historically although not as much this year as past years, 
Uh, there's an increased amount of professionals who are working from home for the first time in a long time. And what this will do is open up those professionals to a lot of phishing attacks because they might open links and emails or download uh, attachments and emails. You know, we talked all about phishing in the last episode. So if you haven't heard that, go back and uh, listen to that because we go into depth on it. But basically, uh, throughout the holiday season, you get an increased amount of professionals who are working from home and therefore exposing themselves to uh, a higher number of phishing attacks. And another source of cyber attacks, which may be lessened again this year, is that uh, during the holiday season, we find ourselves traveling, traveling a lot, maybe connecting to Wi-Fi sources that we may or may not trust as much as usual, right? If we're in our home environment, uh, our home office, then we're connecting to our home Wi-Fi, and we trust that totally. However, if you're traveling, you're in a train station, you're in an airport, you get to a relative's house, and you have to get some work done, so you go to a Starbucks. Uh, in all of those places, you're probably going to be connecting to you know, a public Wi-Fi, and that also will open you up to a, a series of attacks that can be run on you. So uh, that, that is another reason why attacks are rising in the holiday season because we see an increased amount of people outside of their normal environments, the normal place where they can totally trust the network that they're on. And finally, and this one is probably the most obvious, people are looking for great deals around Christmas time, right? I mean, we all have the people we have to buy gifts for. Sometimes we try and save some money and go to a less trustworthy site that's offering something at a, le a cheaper price or maybe something's out of stock on uh, Best Buy or Walmart. So you go to this one website where it has one left in stock and uh, you have to grab it, right? So with, with that in mind, that really opens the door to untrustworthy sites presenting themselves as having a product that you want and will compromise yourself in order to get that product. Unfortunately, you probably will never get that product, um, but you have opened the door to exposing yourself and your private information to those malicious sources, right? So those are probably, in my opinion, the three leading sources of why we see this spike in the holiday season. Um, so let's dive into what can you do, right? What can you do as a, a common user of the internet to protect yourself against these types of attacks. Uh, so the number one thing, and I'm going to start off by uh, going into the third item that I list, where people uh, buy things on you know, malicious sites. Uh, so the, the first thing that you can do as a consumer is check the URLs of the, the websites that you're on. Uh, make sure that it's a URL that you trust. Uh, if you're getting a electronic, something in the tech world, then just go to bestbuy.com or walmart.com and go to one of those sites that's highly trusted and highly regarded because they will keep you safe so much more than any of these sites that, uh, you know, you might save $50 on. It's so much um, more worth being safe in the long run than saving $50 because if you end up getting hacked and all of your personal information is exposed, you could end up losing a lot, lot more than $50. So it's always better to be safe than sorry. I know it, it sucks uh, in the moment having to spend those extra $50, but in the long run, you'll be happy that you did it. You kept yourself safe. You kept all of your private information safe. Um, and 
one of the underrated things about if you get hacked, they might not come out and uh, immediately just start spending money on all your credit cards. If you get hacked, sometimes they will record your private information and just slowly uh, trickle in some attacks against you because if you find out that uh, you're being attacked, then you're going to you know change all of your credit cards, change your bank passwords, everything. So they're not going to expose themselves that easily. So uh, sometimes it's hard to see if you've actually been hacked. So bottom line, make sure that the URLs that you're going to are ones that you trust. And let's say, worst case scenario, you go to a website that you haven't heard of before, you don't really trust. What can you do to make sure that it's okay that you buy on these sites? Because I get it, we've all been there where the, there's some niche object that you, you really want and it's only on this one website uh, and you gotta get it, right? So the number one thing, again, look at the URL. First and foremost, make sure that if you're putting in any sort of credit card information or any sort of private information, make sure that the URL has the prefix of HTTPS, HTTPS and not HTTP. There is a very big difference between those two. Uh, so basically, we can talk about this more in a later episode. Um, but on the bottom line, HTTPS stands for Hypertest Transfer Protocol Secure, where HTTP does not have that secure. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's just a, a letter. It's just an S. But it also is a certificate that websites can get, which basically aims to protect the page authenticity, uh, secure accounts, and keep user communications identity and web browsing private. So that S, even though it's just a letter, really pays dividends in the end and uh, goes the extra mile to keep you safe. And the certificate can also protect against uh, certain attacks, like a, a man in the middle attack, I believe. And uh, basically, that that's just another thing that keeps you safe. We can we can talk all about HTTP and HTTPS in a later episode, but first and foremost, uh, make sure that the URL that you're on, if you're putting any private information on it, uh, whether it's your name, your credit card, your email, make sure that there is that S on the end because if you don't, then a lot of your private information can be leaked, and that is very bad. So. Another thing, just make sure that you're doing your due diligence when you come across a website that you may not trust as much as other websites. Uh, I know this seems pretty obvious, um, but you know, just just do your due dil diligence. Make sure you Google uh, reviews of this website. See what other people have to say before you put any of your private information across on it. Um, and I, I want to retroactively go back and say even if you're not putting private information on it if you're just browsing on an http site you should be very very careful because even your actions on that site and what you browse can uh, eventually be you know compiled into a profile on you so just make make sure that uh, the majority if not all of the sites that you're on contain that https okay back to you know the the reviews of the website that you're doing, uh, that you're you're on. Um, so make sure that you uh, do your due diligence. You know, it sounds obvious, but when you see a PS5 online for $200, sometimes people wanna grab the deal before it expires, right? If the website's saying 
PS5 for $200, only one left in stock, and 20 other people have this in their cart, uh, you know, you're going to want to put it in your cart and buy right away to beat all those 20 other people. But the reality is, there's probably not 20 other people that have that in their carts. Uh, and they're just trying to trick you into making an impulse buy and not doing your due diligence to make sure that their site is legit. So just make sure that you're doing your research, putting in the time and making sure that uh, everything that you're browsing on is really, really trustworthy. Because again, like I said, with the with the certificate earlier, it'll pay dividends in the end, you know, right now, uh, you might be trying to save some money on on that new PS5. But in the long run, if you get hacked, and you lose a lot more than the money you ended up uh, well, you wouldn't even get the PS5, but the money you would have ended up saving with the PS5. So that that actually brings me to my last point on this topic, which is if something seems too good to be true, like a $200 PS5, then it most likely is. And this is just something to keep your eyes on, uh, something to keep your head up. Just don't don't get trapped into uh, one of these deals where it looks like you you found a diamond in the rough and you don't know why no one else has bought this yet because i guarantee that that some <laughs> that some people are falling for the same exact attack as you uh it's just you know well thought out and targeted at people who are just looking to budget their christmas or or holiday um so okay uh with that all being said i i hope you <laughs> now have a further understanding of the shopping trends that lead to this spike in uh, cyber attacks. And next, we're going to talk about the, um, you know, the Wi-Fi networks that I talked to uh, exposing you when, when they're not as secure as your home private office that you can always trust. So let's say that you're in an airport. And while I would like to say that these public Wi-Fi networks like uh, airports, Starbucks, um, train stations, you know, all of the above uh, are secure. You can't guarantee that. You, you just can't. Um, Wi-Fi networks are a lot of times very susceptible to uh, targeted attacks. You can use something called a Wi-Fi pineapple to kind of sniff out the action that's happening on these uh, public Wi-Fi networks and also, an attack can be used where uh, an attacker will pretend to be a router on that network and basically have all of the user traffic route through him before it goes to the actual router. Um, and so, basically, all of your information would flow through him before it went out into the network. And so, as you can probably tell, that is not a good uh, sign. You know, <laughs> you got to protect yourself against that. And... The foolproof way to do this, the the way that I suggest, even though you will be perhaps shelling out a couple extra dollars to make this happen, is to get a personal hotspot. Um, I don't know if everyone knows this, but your phone can actually be converted into a personal hotspot. At, at least, you know, I use an iPhone and you can... Uh, you can uh, make those into your own personal hotspots. I, I assume that Android's able to do the same exact thing. But what a what a personal hotspot is able to do is almost guarantee uh, that integrity that you're not able to guarantee with the public public networks. 
uh, it makes your your browsing history yours. Uh, you don't have to think about anyone pretending to be the router because you're connecting to uh, you know your phone, which is then connecting to the network. There's no Wi-Fi network in between those two where uh, you have to connect to that first to get your requests out. As I said, this may cost a couple extra dollars, whether you're doing this phone approach where you might spend some extra money on data or you're doing, uh, you know, you're buying a Verizon uh, hotspot from the store. And I, I don't know how much those cost, probably like, I don't know, 50 to $70. Eh, I don't know if they're that much, but you probably have to purchase a data plan that comes with it. Um, but it's definitely worth... Uh, investing this money and keeping your personal information safe. This is something that is overlooked by a lot of people. And it's actually a pretty vulnerable state that you put yourself in when you're on public networks, because you just don't know what's happening behind that closed door, right? Once you connect to the Wi-Fi network, you're you have internet, right? So why would you worry about it anymore? But the fact of the matter is, that some malicious party could be on that same network as you monitoring the traffic that is going through. And, you know, when I say the traffic that's going through, um, let's say that you're on Best Buy's website and you create a purchase order, right? So uh, your laptop or whatever your device is going to be connected to the internet. It's basically going to compile a package of information um, with all of the data that Best Buy needs to complete this purchase. So your name, your credit card information, your email, uh, the address that it's supposed to be shipped to. And once this is um, compiled, it'll put it into probably a, a JSON object, which is just um, a virtual, <laughs> virtual uh, packet of information, sort of. So It'll put it into this JSON format and hopefully then it'll be encrypted and sent out to the internet. Uh, and <laughs> this, this goes back to the HTTPS because um, most likely if this site is HTTPS, then all of their JSON packets will be encrypted. Um, so this makes the job of the person who's sitting on the Wi-Fi much harder because your information is then encrypted before it is you know, sent out into the network where their router will intercept the package. Um, and that, that's why earlier I said that HTTPS uh, is often a, a good defense for man-in-the-middle attacks, because when a person is sitting on a router like that, that's what we know is the man-in-the-middle attack, right? We have a person between you and your destination, which is the, the router of that public network. And that's the, that, that is the man in the middle. So we're trying to defend against that. And that's what HTTPS does. Um, if it's just HTTP, then this, this data package, which has a ton of your, your personal information neatly packaged up with, you know, um, it'll, it'll literally have a field that says name colon Jack Wydra, email colon my email, phone number, colon my phone number and it's all neatly packaged up so that that man in the middle uh, has no trouble understanding what the data is and so basically my point is it is worth uh investing in a personal hotspot or a uh or making your phone into a personal hotspot investing in that extra data to protect yourself and your data um 
against these man-in-the-middle attacks. The last item that I talked about in my list of reasons why uh, cyber attacks are usually higher in the um, you know holiday season is because of the phishing uh, potential that comes with professionals working from home and not being used to that work from home environment. I do think that one of the benefits of this uh, quarantine lifestyle and the work from home lifestyle is that people are really starting to understand um, the protocols that should be in place to protect yourself and your company uh, against these attacks. And one of those, probably the most common attack is the phishing attack. And people are really starting to uh, take strides in looking at their emails harder, checking out the links, and checking out any attachments that are being downloaded. Um, so I really think that, that that is a very small silver lining of this quarantine. But I won't get too far into this last uh, topic of discussion because we did go extensively into phishing in our last episode. Um, so if you guys want to hear more about phishing and the defenses against phishing and uh, how you can tell if something is phishing, then, you know, please go listen to that episode and we can talk more about it there. So those were the three points that uh, I had to discuss to keeping yourself safe and your family safe during this holiday season. And definitely, you know, if there's someone who's less uh, prone to technology than you are in your family, relay on these tips and just let them know to keep their heads up because, I guarantee that uh, hackers and people who are trying to get your information are on high alert during this season, and that means that you should be too to keep you, yourself, uh, your your data, and your family and their data safe. You, you all got to be on high alert because if one of you goes down, then you never know. Like uh, You guys are tied so closely together throughout all, all these social networking platforms and uh, I don't know, there, there's probably other connections that, that you guys have to each other just by being family members, being so close to each other. So if, if one person gets um, hacked or messed with, then a lot of times that, that might have some trickle-down effects to the people that uh, they're closest with. So just something to keep in mind that you're not only protecting yourself when you're uh, keeping all these tips in mind, but you're also c caring about those people around you, keeping them safe and uh, doing what's best for everyone. So uh, let's move on to our final topic of discussion. And today's last topic of discussion is also based around the holiday season, sort of. Well, it, it's based more around shopping in general. And the topic is whether or not it's safe for you to store your credit card information and your shipping address on websites. I would personally like to say that I don't store my credit card anywhere on the internet but the fact of the matter is that I do and the reason for that is probably convenience based uh, you know it's just easier if you're at checkout to just be able to select you know use the same credit card as last time same shipping address as last time and you're done right but that's not a great practice and the reason that I say that is that all companies no matter how secure they are even Amazon, is susceptible to data breaches. Bank of America had one of the biggest data breaches of all time, 
and I would probably consider them to be a pretty secure company. So, you know, every company is susceptible to data breaches. And a lot of times these data breaches can be small. It can be something like, you know, the, the company leaks their uh, email list, which just has your email on it. But a lot of times it can be bigger, right? So if there is a bigger data breach, and let's use Amazon, for example, it's probably not the best example because I do believe that they are a very secure uh, company that has taken the absolute best precautions against this. But let's use Amazon because they're already in my mind. So let's say that Amazon has a data breach and this is a bad one and your name is leaked and your shipping address is leaked and your credit card that you have on file is leaked. You're in, in hot water there because the attacker now has um, a list of all the people, uh, not only on your account, but on all of Amazon who also saved their, their information on there. So my point here is that there, there's a huge potential potential for the company to have some type of data breach, even if it is a, a company that you 100% trust. And I don't think there is a company that you can 100% trust with your private information. So that's why I personally believe that, um, you know, it, it's just better to take the extra 30 seconds to go grab your wallet and put in that credit card information again, rather than storing it online. Although I know it is very, very convenient. Uh, and as I said, you know, I personally have my credit card information, even though I probably shouldn't, I have it on a, a website or two. So <laughs> I don't know, after recording this, I might, might revert all of that. Um, which would bring up a good question of after I revert that should, uh, the we will the website, you know, discard all of that, or do they still have it on file? It's just not shown to me. So maybe we'll discuss that in a future episode. Um, but another reason why you probably shouldn't have, uh, your credit card information on the site, and this is not as much for internet security as it is for, uh, just personal habits. I tend to find that if my credit card information is stored on a website, then I'm much more prone to spending because <laughs> those 30 seconds from me having to get up and get my wallet and put in those credit card numbers, uh, however many there are on the credit card, uh, it really, those 30 seconds really uh, make you think about, do I really need this or is it just an impulse buy? So uh, just out of best practice, I try not to save my credit card on these websites because I know that it'll lead to higher spending and probably stuff that can't fit into my budget. And finally, if you're a listener with kids, it might not be a great idea to store your credit card information on these websites because, you know, who knows um, if little, little Timmy is going to go up to the computer and see that mom already put in his credit or her credit card information. So he can just, you know, go on a spending spree and buy a new driver online, um, or a new Nintendo switch, whatever the kids are into nowadays. But yeah, so basically for a variety of factors from the, the data breaches to the ease of spending to quote unquote, the kid factor, we should be smart, very smart about putting our credit card information out onto the internet. And I'm not saying that you can't do it. I do it. Um, you just have to accept that if you do it, there are 
particular risks that come along with it. So if you're willing to accept those risks and go with it and, you know, all for the sake of convenience, that's up to you. Um, that That's totally within your right. Uh, I would suggest, again, going through the rules that we went through in the uh, earlier section of this podcast, make sure that the website that you're saving your credit card information on has that S on the website. Make sure it's a website that you absolutely trust before you do any of this because um, as I was talking about the data breach earlier, those were all website or Amazon is a, a highly trusted website and I was even having some suspicions on them, right? So if it's a website that's not as highly trusted, uh, then there should be no doubt in your mind that you do not want to save your credit card information there. Uh, because if, if a website doesn't have as great of security protocols as Amazon does, then they are they're therefore more prone to cyber attacks and data breaches. And so just be really smart. Uh, do your due diligence again, like we said earlier, make sure that you are trusting everywhere that you pr put your private information out there into the world. Um, Every single day, you know, attackers are getting more and more brilliant with their attacks. And all it takes is, so, you know, when I was studying cybersecurity, there was often, you know, a saying that was often said that it, a cyber cybersecurity uh, team, you know, can close a million windows uh, that that's windows is a bad word because that's an operating system can close a million doors to their application right and they can protect their application with those million closed doors however an attacker can find one tiny small door that the cybersecurity team didn't see and exploit their way in through there and then you know the the cybersecurity team will patch up that door and uh, lock it away right but then the attacker will just find a different door. And it, it's just this game of cat and mouse. You know, attackers are finding new ways to attack websites uh, every day. No matter how complex of a security protocol that website has, there is almost always a way in. And so I'm not saying that I could get into any website, but there, there are these brilliant people out there who are able to exploit weaknesses of websites and uh, conduct these attacks. So just be very thoughtful of where you're putting your information uh, because you'll appreciate it later when you are protected. And with those final points, I believe that brings today's episode to a wrap. Uh, I really hope that, you know, what we talked about today, whether it was making sure you inspect the URLs that you're on or uh, making sure that you trust the Wi-Fi network that you're on, whether it's putting together your own personal mobile hotspot or uh, just knowing that the Wi-Fi that you're on is one that you can trust. Uh, as a consumer, there's not really a way that you can trust public Wi-Fis completely, which is why I tend to uh, steer the course of using a personal hotspot, one that I can trust totally rather than going on any public uh, Wi-Fi. I just, I just like to keep my hands clean of that um, and so I don't have to worry about it. Um, uh, you know, another thing that we talked about was keeping your credit card information, you know, and your, your shipping addresses, whatever it may be, just keep it in safe hands, uh, whether that's your own or a website that you are willing to take a risk with, uh, right? Because not every website is 
or not a website cannot guarantee your safety 100 percent uh that's just the reality of the fact um and so you just have to be willing to accept those risks and go with it uh if you're if you want to store your private information and so with that all being said uh you know let's let's have a great holiday season keep yourself safe keep your friends and family safe not only in this um digital realm that we're talking about here but also if anyone's traveling or you know being with family members during this time make sure everyone's safe and keeping each other safe uh, i hope you guys have an amazing holiday and i will be back next monday so i uh, can't wait to see you here uh, with that all being said my name is jack wydra and this was an episode of pardon my tech